Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. The Whiskey Mistress. And it's her show. She knows about whiskey and stuff. Hi, this is Debbie Showcare on Believe in the Whiskey Mistress on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Do you believe? So what is craft whiskey anyway? You hear me talking about craft whiskey. I'm a huge proponent of it. I always have been. Um, We're doing wonderful things in craft whiskey. I say we as if I have anything to do with it. I like to talk about it. But what is craft whiskey anyway? When I began talking about craft whiskey, seems like just yesterday, but I think it was actually close to 10 years ago, And when I did, it went something like this. Just like the craft brewing industry has revolutionized beer as we know it, because the brewers are becoming very creative in their techniques and flavors, the same thing is happening in whiskeydom. But because it's so much more time-consuming, laborious, and expensive to do, there's only a few people actually doing it and doing it well. Yeah, that just isn't the case anymore. That's what I used to say. There were just a few people doing it and doing it well. But today, there are countless small whiskey makers, distillers, experimenters, engineers, and blenders working their mash bills off to make something that is new, interesting, and generally skillfully creative to please me, you, and every other whiskey lover out there. I don't like that. I love that. The only problem, if I really must create one so as to talk about it, is that while there used to be some fairly defined boundaries in whiskey varieties, for example, Irish, Canadian, bourbon, Tennessee, no, I'm not going to get into that argument with you here, scotch, rye, and so forth, the term craft whiskey has somehow become the basket into which all the other more indefinable ones are tossed. Well, by most people anyway. The American Distilling Institute, ADI, uh, you can find them at distilling.com. It's a fascinating website. I really, if if you're a lover of whiskey, take a look at that. It's fascinating. But the American Distilling Institute defines, air quotes, craft spirits as... I'm quoting them, the products of an independently owned distillery with maximum annual sales, uh, excuse me, maximum annual 100,000 proof gallons where the product is physically distilled and bottled on site. Now there's more to it, but that's just blah, blah, blah details. So there actually is sort of a, a definition about it. And there's there's more to it than that. There's also definitions for craft blended spirits and Don't ever poo-poo at that. Uh, Blending a good spirit is an art form in itself. It really is. Okay, so there's your definition. And that's all well and fine. But when you get right down to it, isn't anything that is crafted really something that's created with great concern and care? And doesn't that mean by extrapolation that even a large whiskey producer could be creating truly fine, 
crafted whiskey? Yes, it, it really may be just a matter of semantics, in my mind, and even in whiskeydom. And as I've said so many times before, I'm primarily interested in what's inside the bottle. And if a whiskey maker is bottling a fine product and meets the standards and regulations for whatever product they are claiming is inside, then I'm probably interested. In the meantime, I have come across some truly, by definition, craft whiskeys that will knock your socks off. So, hang on to your socks, because I'm going to list a few. And by a few, I mean three or four, and by that I mean it's going to be four. The first one I'm going to talk about is Wasman's Single Malt. It's out of Sperryville, Virginia. This is by far my sentimental favorite, for reasons that shall remain a mystery to you here. But it's also one of my all-time top five favorite whiskeys for other reasons. It's the most interesting whiskey I have ever tasted. And if you know me, you know I love an interesting whiskey. Rich, Rick Wasman has really created a gem here. He had a dream to make a uniquely American single malt. And he's done it. The barley used for Wasman's single malt was developed by Virginia Tech. It's floor malted and then smoked with select American apple and cherry woods. And on the nose, this one is fruity and earthy like a forest floor. And then the, the flavor's all right, but the finish will knock your socks off. It's a literal 10-minute cascade of smoky and sweet, smoky and sweet. And every single time I've had the privilege of sharing this with someone, we talk about it for 10 or 15 minutes because it is so interesting. The only place I know you can still get it in Los Angeles. Well, maybe I won't tell you because I might save that stash for myself. No, I'll tell you. It's, uh, it's Wade's Wines in Agora Hills, and it's only about $35 or $40 a bottle. A crazy bargain, given the very small batches in which it's historically been made. And you can also get it online, and really, you should get it. It will be like no whiskey you've ever tasted before. Second on my list here is Stranahan's. Colorado whiskey. And in my mind, Stranahan's is one of the pioneers of fine American craft whiskey. And for a very long time, supply versus demand meant you could only get it in Colorado. In fact, every single bottle of Stranahan's I have ever had has been a gift from a friend or a fan. Most Colorado whiskeys are pretty good in my mind, but Stranahan's is exceptionally good. Back when they were just starting out, they, they got a little bit of good publicity. And suddenly, you couldn't find it anywhere, not even in Los Angeles. You couldn't even buy it online. As of a couple of years ago, it has been, maybe more than just a couple now, I don't know. But as of several years ago, um, it has been available at most of the larger Happy Juice stores for around 60 to $70 a bottle. It's certainly well worth it. You won't be disappointed with this one. Number three on my list, um, Sonoma County 100% rye whiskey. Now, this is a California whiskey, and yes, I know, Sonoma County is wine country, but what if it was also whiskey country? The nice folks over at Sonoma County Distillers, they're making a true grain-to-glass 100% rye whiskey that is simply outstanding. Let me tell you, it's, it's difficult to work with 100% rye grain mash because it gets exceptionally sticky and gummy. It's, it's difficult to work with. So for them to make such a fine rye whiskey is amazing. 
They're producing two expressions, and while they're both quite good, I do prefer the barrel-proof one, not just because of the higher alcohol content, uh, but it, the flavor's just remarkable. Their whiskey isn't widely available all over the place, but if you go to their website, you can certainly track it down or order it straight from the source. And uh, I've, I've, uh, I've had some good, good luck finding that online. And then fourth... I'm going to go back and talk about it again. Slow Hand Six Woods Single Malt Whiskey from Green Bar. Again, a California whiskey. This one's made right in downtown Los Angeles in the Arts District. And it has become not only one of my most, I think one of the most, um, one of the one of the best craft whiskeys out there. It's become one of my all-time favorites. Brilliantly interesting. If you want a full review on it, refer to back to episode two of my podcast uh, where I did a full a full uh, a fitted full tasting and review. It's butterscotchy. The aroma's butterscotchy. It's it's fantastic all the way from the the first aroma to its great finish. And don't forget, it's one hundred percent organic. Green Bar runs their operation so green that if you have one cocktail made with any of their products and they make a lot more than just whiskey you should check them out greenbardistilling.com if you have just one cocktail made with any of their products you are literally carbon negative for the day that's very cool i I mean craft whiskey craft it's really just a word isn't it whiskey so much more Butter, bacon, chocolate, cheese, and whiskey. Butter, bacon, chocolate, cheese, and whiskey. How does bacon-infused bourbon sound to you? Yeah, me too. It has this voluptuous flavor and is amazing, especially if you let it come to room temperature uh, before you enjoy it. You can experience it on its own, neat, or on the rocks, or maybe in a handy-dandy cocktail. We'll talk about that. It's really easy, and I'm gonna tell you right now how to make your own bacon-infused bourbon. All you need is a half dozen, six pieces of bacon, and you can use regular bacon, uh, pork bacon, you can use turkey bacon, you can use beef bacon. What you want is that smoky flavor, and you want some fat to render out as you cook it. And you need a full bottle, a 750 milliliter bottle of bourbon. I'm gonna recommend for this one the 81 proof wild turkey. I'm a big fan of wild turkey. It's what I started drinking when I started drinking bourbon. And I think it's highly underrated, and I think we should talk about it one of these days. Um, So there you go. Uh, I'm not recommending a full giant 1.75 liter bottle of bourbon because most of you aren't going to have a bowl large enough to hold it. So a half a dozen pieces of bacon, a full bottle of bourbon. Cook the bacon up nice and crisp, and then do with it what you'd like probably you're going to eat it. But keep that fat, the bacon grease, uh, that's been rendered out. And you want to strain the rendered fat through a fine mesh strainer into either a large wide mouth jar or a glass bowl. And if it's a jar or a bowl, whichever you use, it needs to be large enough to hold the bacon fat and the bourbon. So once you've got your bacon fat into your jar or glass bowl, you're gonna pour the entire bottle of bourbon into that warm bacon grease and give it a good whisk to mix it up really, really, really well. 
Then leave the mixture, the bourbon and the bacon fat, out at room temperature for just about two hours. Let those flavors work their magic together. And then you'll cover it and place it in the freezer overnight. And the next day, when you take it out of the freezer, that fat will have, that bacon fat's going to have congealed. It'll solidified right on the surface. So you want to remove that. Just break through it. You can remove it with your fingers or tongs or a fork, whatever you like. Toss the fat or keep it for cooking, whatever you'd like to do. And after removing as much of that bacon grease as you can, strain the now deliciously flavored bourbon through your fine mesh strainer right back into the bourbon bottle. And it helps to have a funnel to do that, believe me. <laughs> if you try it otherwise, you end up with a bacony, bourbony flavored mess. So uh, now I've been told that you can you can keep this bourbon flavored whiskey out at room temperature, but I'm kind of I'm kind of a fanatic about being careful. It's probably uh, all the years I've spent working in restaurants and working with restaurants and all the food safety things you have to learn to do so. So I'm a little bit overzealous about it. I recommend keeping that bourbon flavored, uh, <laughs> the bourbon flavored bacon, the bacon flavored bourbon in your refrigerator. It'll keep for a good long time. Uh, I hope it doesn't take you too long to drink it. What's that you say? Please tell me now how to use it in a cocktail? Why, I'd be happy to. How about a lovely take on a classic, the old fashioned? It's very simple. Uh, into, a, into a rocks glass, you want two good full ounces of your bacon infused bourbon, about a half an ounce of maple syrup. We're going to replace the sugar cube or the simple syrup with maple syrup but not too much because that, that maple flavor will quickly overpower everything else. So just a half ounce. And if you'd like to know, that's actually one tablespoon of maple syrup. Three dashes of orange bitters. I'm gonna recommend orange bitters over Angostura or Peychaud's. If that's all you have, the Peychaud's or the Angostura, that'll be just fine. And then give it a little bit of a stir and throw some ice in there. You do want to stir it before you add the ice because the maple syrup is sort of viscous and you want to give it a chance to, to be evenly spread throughout the cocktail. And then sip it. Hmm, a garnish? Well, I think either a wedge of orange or uh, maybe an orange peel if you, if you use the... Um, like an orange twist. It'll take a piece of orange peel and hold it, just the peel, not the pith, the hold the peel with the peel side facing the glass and give it a little squeeze. And what you're doing is expressing all those orange oils all over the top of the cocktail. Rub it around the rim of the glass where your mouth's gonna go. That gives you all kinds of new sensory input. And there you go. Your own bacon-infused bourbon in a classy, delicious, hey, let's call it breakfast in a glass, shall we? No, I'm not suggesting that you should drink whiskey in the morning or for breakfast. I'm not suggesting that you shouldn't, but we're gonna call this breakfast in a glass. Yeah, butter, bacon, chocolate, cheese, and whiskey. Yeah, 
uh, time for me to look at my podcast notes right here on my phone. Uh, I noticed that I mentioned the buzzing that seems to come along with my microphone every single time I'm recording the podcast. And of course, the time I mention it again, um, there was no buzzing that I could find. So, oh, well, we'll see if we can find it this week. And second, uh, the Zoom whisk. I keep calling it the Zoom whiskey tasting party. I'm not going to use Zoom. I'm probably going to use Google Meetup. Um, We've got a date set for that, and Tony and I discussed it. We're going to have that Zoom or online whiskey tasting party on the 29th of May. That's a Friday at 7 p.m. Wish you all could join us. Uh, It is a private whiskey tasting party, but I did have a very nice lady by the name of Michelle also contact me to inquire about an online whiskey tasting event for her husband and his clients. And I'm going to discuss that with her later today. I'm kind of excited about this. It's a a foray into whiskey parties that I have not done before. I've done whiskey tasting events for years. Um, I, I bring basically everything except food. And this is completely different. So this should be a lot of fun. It's still a good time instructing people about whiskey and teaching them how to taste it so that they really enjoy it. I can't tell you how many people have said, you just changed whiskey for me. Yeah, I like that. I'm spreading the whiskey love. That's what I'm doing. Um, If you are interested in having the Whiskey Mistress host a virtual whiskey tasting event for you and your nearest and dearest, please drop me a line at believeinthewhiskeymistress at gmail.com. That's believe, B-L-E-A-V, in the whiskey, with an E, mistress, at gmail.com. And if you're enjoying this podcast, please subscribe on iTunes and rate it five stars. I can always use all the ratings I can. Can't we all? Can't we all just use an attaboy? Yeah. I hope all of you are very safe and you and yours are all very well. I hope you're enjoying your day. I hope you're looking forward to your own perfect Whiskey Weekend plans. Thanks for listening. Join me next week on Believe in the Whiskey Mistress right here on the Believe Podcast Network. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.